ho, and welcome to At The Flicks. For now, we're taking a break from the Advent Christmas calendar for our social responsibilities. What <laughs> should you be watching on TV over Christmas? There is, of course, only one person you should be listening to on this subject, and he joins us today. Hi, Deck. How are you doing? Oh, very well, thank you. Excellent. All set for Christmas? Uh, not really. Christmas is a bit, it's a bit flat <laughs> this year, so did get the tree up at the weekend. Just realised I haven't really bought any presents or anything. So, well, yeah. as long as you've got the mince pies in. Yep. Well, well, the wife's making those, so she's made the mince meat last night. So Making Ooh, them? Wow. Mm. Yeah. Before we start, uh, you've been enjoying the Advent calendar so far? Yes, it's been brilliant. Fantastic. I love it. And I've seen, I think, all the films bar one. That's but, not yeah. Secret Santa, is it? That's the one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm that one. Yeah. Uh, it's not what yeah. you call a family film. I have watched it. Yeah. You need to set your expectations a wee bit lower. What are some of your favourite Christmas movies, Deck, before we go on and talk streaming? I do love Arthur Christmas, I must admit. I, I mm, think that's absolutely. definitely one of my top ones. And I do like the Miracle on 34th Street, the Richard Attenborough one. They're the sort of two that stick out most. I'm not a huge Christmas. I'm not one of these people like your regulars that have to watch certain films every Christmas. And they're sort of the sort of thing I catch one if maybe if I need to, if, I, if it's on and I'm watching yeah. it. I tend to not really go down the Christmas films. I just prefer, I just like good films. But thankfully, Channel 5 have got on at least three, four times the excellent Christmas at the Cranks. So you should be all right. (laughs) Avoid, avoid, avoid. (laughs) Okay, enough controversy. Let's turn to streaming and TV. So, Deck, what have you been watching and what would you recommend to our listeners to catch up on, possibly binge, over the Christmas holidays? I've watched some really good stuff. I definitely think with the autumn and the, you know, the summer being over and watching more telly, I found some real gems. And also I'm back on me Scandi drama route again after the recent sort of diversion. Just quickly skipping through the, the foreign ones first because I know uh, not all of your... Uh, <laughs> Neil's poised with pen and paper yeah. already. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I watched The Last Wave, which was a French drama. It's only about six episodes. And it's a bit like Lost in that it's one of these weird ones. So basically it starts off, some surfers go out for like an event and they go out and they don't come back. Everyone's really confused. They go out and look for them and they can't find them in the sea and everything. It's all to do with this mysterious cloud above the beach. And then they eventually come back, but nothing's quite the same when they do. And I quite liked it. I mean, it is very French. It was intriguing enough and it didn't go on too long. I discovered a Danish police drama called DNA. And it starred Charlotte Rampling, speaking a very good French wow. um, as well as English. And it was really intriguing because it wasn't a murder mystery one. It was a, a slightly change of scene. It was to do with babies and a baby adoption and stuff, selling of babies to parents that wanted to adopt and stuff like that. But it was the good thing about it, it was cross, it was international. So it had the French, which was Charlotte Rampling. It had the Danish policeman. It had a Polish because it was cross-border. So they were traveling from various places so they'd be going from Copenhagen to Poland to Paris very intriguing and and also something completely different the first episode is pretty atrocious it's pretty bad you watch it and you think this is going to be awful you think the acting is terrible but actually stick with it all it is is I think it's the first episode is like trying to set all the characters up doesn't really do a great job it sort of whizzes through things really quickly and people do stupid things in it and you're thinking if it carries on like this I'm not going to watch it but actually episodes two onwards it actually gets down to the story and is, is really quite good and then the last 
foreign one I've been watching is the Valhalla murders. So this is Icelandic, and I do like Icelandic ones because it's very dark. It's always wintry. And this one involves a boy's home. Something went on years ago in the boy's home. Now someone seems to be taking revenge on the people who ran the home. Pretty much every episode, another person gets knocked off. And you're trying to find out, is it one of the boys that's getting revenge or is it something else? Really good, dark murder mystery. That last one, I've been reading some stuff and I haven't seen it, and it does sound fascinating. I would watch that. But they reckon it's similar to a Welsh series called Hinterland. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, it is very similar. I've seen Hinterland, and again, that's very bleak. And I think that's why I like it. I liked Hinterland, and I thought the the two main police people were, were very good. You know, they had issues like always policemen always do, don't they? And it's very good. It explained them, and it, it sort of gave their characters more depth. Really, really enjoyed that one. Um, they're all on the iPlayer, just in case people want to catch them. Okay. And I think they're on there quite a while because, like I said, they're leaving things on streaming longer now. They'll be on BritBox in America. Eventually, yeah. 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 I caught, um, I presume you caught it, Jeff, but the uh, political drama Roadkill. Um, no, I haven't. No, with Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Keep using that word lie. It's not the lie, it's the cover-up. You know the Prime Minister? Yeah, I do. Pessy. I mean no disrespect, but the time has come for a totally new approach. Are there other scandals we need to know about, Peter? It's somebody that says she's your daughter. The briefing you asked for on Peter Lawrence, the MI5 put it together. Do I have any value to you except as a liar? I'm going to nail Peter Lawrence once and for all. I have always been a rule breaker. It's my USP. Every politician expects to be Prime Minister. So you're saying you're clean? Squicky. It's the writer David Hare who wrote Collateral and Denial. He's very good at writing political dramas. And again, he does a really good job here. What it's like to be in the cabinet, movements inside the cabinet, career moves and things to try and set up. You're sort of trying to remain loyal to the PM, but also you're sort of thinking I could be the next PM. So it's it's sort of quite intriguing. Sounds like it's Michael Gove then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reason I didn't watch that, and I do like Hare, but, but some people... Um, a huge fans of David here didn't think it was up to standard sort of on the first episode so I didn't bother after that so it looks like I missed a trick so there's my Christmas sorted yeah I did watch some more on the iPlayer sticking on the iPlayer I did watch some more light-hearted stuff I watched the David Nichols adaptation Us with Tom Hollander in the lead role it's much like the book I read the book years ago and Us is not as good as some of his other novels the adaptation was pretty good they stuck reasonably to the story but tom hollander was watchable as always it was reasonably entertaining i also caught life which was written by mike bartlett who wrote dr foster now if you've watched dr foster you know he tends to write quite soap opera type drama it is a bit silly and a bit over the top but if you want a bit of escapism and if you want to sort of get away from the world for a bit then it's got a great cast with alison steadman Peter Davison, Adrian Lester, and it's interesting. So it's it's sort of based around a house that's been split into flats. It's to do with the interweaving stories of the people in the flat. Their stories cross over at certain points. They have different things going on in their lives, but it all sort of comes together very much like Dr. Foster did in that sometimes it's a bit far-fetched. Sometimes you think, yeah, as if that's really going to happen, but it, I see why you've done it because it fits the story. But again, light-hearted entertainment. 
I watched um, oh, some, there's some great comedies still on on the iPlayer, and I checked it's still available. So if you want cheering up over Christmas, the second series of Ghosts was just as funny as the first series of Ghosts. Uh, this is my favourite, and they're bringing out a Christmas special, which I'll get onto in a bit. I just love everything about this. The Horrible Histories crew are just so funny. It's just hilarious. It makes me giggle. And there was a third series of Young Offenders with the two Irish lads. Um, So again, if you've missed this, all three series are available still. Again, I just like it. It's just schoolboy humour. It's a bit silly, but it's escapism. I'm definitely intrigued by that ghost. And I I did see it coming up. And as you say, we'll talk about what's coming up over Christmas shortly. But it intrigued me enough to think of going back. How many episodes have I got to catch up on, Dave? There's been two series, and they're not that long. I think it's either six or eight in each series, and they're only half an hour long. I watched an interesting documentary called The Mole about a Danish person who infiltrates North Korea. It's only two parts. In some ways, it's so unbelievable. You can't believe it's true, and you spend a lot of the time Googling everything to try and find out whether (laughs) it's actually for real. But I think it is. From all the reports I've read, he had such audacity doing this. The North Koreans didn't think it could be anything other than genuine because they think no one would surely make this up. Incredibly, you know, gets in with the right people in North Korea and then they invite him over and they don't suspect him at all. And only two parts. So just let me get this a documentary about somebody that tunneled into North Korea. Well, not tunneled, just got, just got into it, invited by the North Koreans to come in. And he set up, basically, he, I don't want to give too much away, but he set up a fan club, sort of, a North Korean fan club in Denmark. Even though he, his whole ambition right from the word go was just to find out as much as he could, he pretended he was so pro-North Korean that he was in this club. And basically, he, took up, he became the leader of this group. So he had to, years of sort of working his way up and then impressing the North Koreans to the point where they thought, you're going to invite him over so that he can see North Korea and take go back to Denmark and say how great a country is and how great the leader is. And they just fell for it all. The frightening thing, it seems to imply that he didn't tell his wife anything. So <laughs> she didn't know any of this was going on. So, I assume there's a reason why he did this. Is there that's uh, uncovered in the show? Yeah, he wanted to try and sort of uncover what's really going on in North Korea, not what you see on the promotion videos where everyone's smiling and looking happy and loving being there he wanted to find out the real north korea so he was trying to get behind the videos and the propaganda to see what it was really like and then basically come back and discredit it all they allowed him to film you know he said i'm making this it's a promotion video because i love you guys so they allowed him to film they never allow anyone to film so unbelievable it really is when you see the bit with the actor that he hires you won't believe it you just think this can't be real. This must be a mockumentary. But I looked it up and they're pretty sure it's real. Bloody hell. No, right. Okay. I didn't know anything about this. This is uh, top of my watch list now. You can't believe it's real. You can't. You just. And I think that's why the North Koreans think no one would actually choose to do this. I assume you must be on some sort of watch or hit list now. I assume so. Wow. Okay. Right. What else? Right. <laughs> I caught on ITV, on their um, streaming, I caught the Dennis Nielsen story. Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, that was very good. I mean, this whole thing needs to put your leaf together as a machinist. It's always been to Nielsen's scripts. He planned this. We have now charged a man by the name of Dennis Nielsen with murder. 
confirmed that Dennis Andrew Nielsen has been charged with the first of what is said to be multiple murders. Um, he was brilliant. I think it's the best performance I've ever seen him give. Yeah. And Daniel Mays is very good as well as the um, investigating officer. He is. I think the only thing there that's wrong, and I don't want to knock it too much, so I really I got a great deal out of that series, is that you had his family dramas at the very opening of the, the first episode sort of faded away at the end to me as, as I was just so fixated on what stunt Nielsen was going to pull next. Last time, weren't you saying that was originally going to be shown on TV over Christmas and they brought it forward? That's right, yeah. It doesn't really yeah. seem like Christmas entertainment, does it? Yeah. We stuff a tur- turkey, Nielsen was stuffing. Well, okay, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Had to go Thank there, you. didn't you? Uh, the only thing I watched on Amazon Prime was the second series of The Boys. I actually think Jeff would really like this, even though it is superheroes. I just love the way it deals with superheroes who aren't super, <laughs> um, yeah. who are actually quite nasty, and the way that all the promo videos are sort of set up and, and they're all rated. They all got rating scores and yeah. you're in the, the top group. If you, if you do the right things it deals with some really heavy topics, it deals with drug use, sexual harassment, bullying in the workplace, all with superheroes. Homelander, the guy who plays Homelander plays it brilliantly, absolutely brilliantly. And it, where he goes from white teeth, blonde, smiley eyed American hero to hang on a sec. He's not really a hero. What's he doing there? So I thought I think you'd thoroughly enjoy it, Jeff. But okay, so, I'll give it an episode a go over Christmas. Okay, moving on to Apple TV, I had two recommendations. One from you guys, which was Ted Lasso, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought it was hilarious, very well written, brilliant script. All the acting, all the timing, comic timing, everything was fantastic. If you want something light-hearted, and don't worry if you don't like football, you don't need to like football. It's it's all about people and relationships, really. It's, and it is, it is great fun. I whizzed through that. I binged that quite quickly. Well, I'm constantly stunned at Ted Lasso because it shouldn't work as a TV show. No. I mean, it's lighthearted comedy, very lighthearted, about an American football coach who comes to the UK to manage a premiership football team. But there's, a, there's things in there you go, oh, well, that's quite yeah, clever. And it's beautifully engaging. It yeah. put, draws you right in, and it's fun, and you regularly laugh out loud. Yeah. It's so well done. And I think the advantage over this and the next comedy I'm going to talk about is the advantage of Ted Lasso is there's a thread going through all the episodes. So mm. yes. so you want to watch the next one. But I find a lot of some comedies, you watch an episode and the next episode isn't really related. It's just got the same people in it again. But I found with Ted Lasso, you wanted to know what was going to happen at the end of the season. So you you followed it thinking, and it would set it up where you think, oh, no, what's, what's going to happen now? Yeah. You yes. wanted to know. You wanted to watch the next episode. Whereas the other series that was recommended to me, Mythic Quest, again, <laughs> funny comedy, especially if you're a gamer, especially if you've played any World of Warcraft yeah. or any of those um, role-playing games, then you'll find a lot of the in-jokes but it lacks that thread a bit. I, I found each episode tended to have a little mini story about it. And then it's almost in the next episode as if that almost hadn't happened. And some things that continued through, but a lot of it didn't. So you'd almost be like, have they forgotten that they were they were arguing in the previous episode or they, they'd fallen out and now they all seem to be... And, and it was sometimes difficult to know what the time was between the episode because sometimes things seem to have moved on quite away from the previous. So whereas Ted Lasso had that, and continuation going through, I think Mythic Quest lacked that at times, but it was still very entertaining. Apart from one episode, which was 
absolutely brilliant. And that was the one where they went back in time. Yeah, it was previous back thing. in time with completely different people. It wasn't even them. It was completely different. And that little, just that little snapshot there was just brilliant. And, you know, you're going along with these two people and you think they're really nice. And then you suddenly realize, oh, hang on, he's just using her. She's the genius in this partnership and he's just riding along on her coattails. And it just, it was so good. And then the only reference it wants when you get back into the main plot line. I'd probably agree with you there. I thought it was very good if you were a gamer. But apart from that one episode, it was okay. Moving on to Now TV. One of the series I caught on Now TV, I think is one of the best series I've seen for a long time, mainly for its direction and its cinematography. Visually, it's stunning. I really want to see where this director goes. I really want to see what else he does. It's called Euphoria, and it stars the girl who's in Spider-Man. Is it Zendaya? Zendaya? Zendaya. Zendaya, who won an Emmy for her performance, and you can totally see why she did. It also won an Emmy for the music, which, again, first thing I did after finishing the series was listen to the playlist from the series because some of the music was, even though not all of it's my taste, I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it just added another dimension to the whole series. It's a hard-hitting series. It's like taking sex education and ramping it up to 11. So it is quite vulgar. It is quite shocking at times. It's about a drug addict, basically, who's still at school and their life and social media and all the other things that the internet and all the other things that young people have to deal with. You don't often see a TV series where it just feels new and fresh. I suppose Sex Education was the last time where I I thought that was something new and fresh. And this is sort of America's equivalent, I suppose. I just think it's worth watching just for the cinematography, really. Yeah, both my kids have recommended it to me. They think I'd like it, but um, yeah. yeah. And it's got huge ratings. I mean, it's really gone down a storm. Yeah, they brought it back because it was they took it off now, TV, but I'm mentioning it because they brought it back now until the end of January so so that people can watch it over Christmas if they want to. And I thoroughly recommend you do. Even if you don't like it, I think you should watch it. That just sounds strange. I just think it's just got, I don't know, it just feels so new. It just, yeah. Amazing TV. I watched two other things on Now TV that I could I could take it or leave it. I can't make my mind up about them. First one was the Billy Piper series called I Hate Susie. Again, it's the filming style is interesting. She was a child star who's become an actress, and then her life starts to go a bit wrong when some photos get put on the internet and her sort of career takes a bit of a dive and she's all mixed up and doesn't really know what she wants to be and you know, she's been famous since she was young, and so she's not really a very sound person. So it's a good performance by her. To me, it felt similar to, do you remember I recommended that series, I May Destroy You, um, mm. BBC? It feels like a almost like a copycat version of that, where, and maybe it was, maybe because, um, the, you know, the series of I May Destroy You got such a good rave that maybe this one went into production because of it, I don't know. But it does seem very similar in the in the way it's filmed and in the way she has sort of breakdowns, no confidence and stuff and doesn't know what to do. And and there's a lot of that shot they use now where it's in their face. It's like a portrait, but they're running along or they're moving, walking along. And it's, I don't know what that's called, but where it's, it's almost like a handheld camcorder selfie as you're walking down the street. And they use that a lot 
um, which can get irritating at times. But it's it's that that seems to be the style that a lot of people use nowadays. So it's worth watching it for her performance. I think Billy Piper did a really good job, but I would put it below. I may destroy. I think if you had to watch one or the other, I'd still stick with the the BBC one. And then, um, Jeff might like this, but there's a series called The Third Day, starring Jude Law and Paddy Considine. Yeah, no, I've got them all lined up to watch. They are. Yeah. I have got them all set. Yeah, it looked a bit Wicker Manish. It's exactly. Me. I've written down Wicker Man. It is a yeah. bit Wicker Manish, and it's a bit midsummery like as well. There's only six episodes, and they're split into half. So they sort of follow Jude Law's character in the first three, and then they follow Naomi Harris's character in the next three. It's interesting because it's filmed on the real island in Essex. They used the they filmed it on the actual island, and because of the the tide cuts off the island to get all the filming, they had to all live together. So they had a bit of a weird experience. The cast, I think, in that they were living in these little small houses that are on this very flat piece of land. So it did have a creep, very creepy element to it, but it was a bit weird. It got across probably what it feels like to either be really drunk or really stoned. There were lots of hallucinations and lots of weird stuff and lots of pagan sort of sacrifice type things going on and you weren't quite sure. And it, My wife couldn't watch it after about two episodes. She found it just too much, too strange. And it did lose its way a bit. The most interesting bit I thought was, and I actually watched this, is they did for a seventh episode, they did a 90-minute live episode. So they basically filmed it in real time. And it's really strange. So they've obviously had to tell the cast to just keep in character and keep acting and keep doing these things. And the camera's moving constantly. So it's like one tracking shot, hardly any edits at all, but amazing. So there'll be people dancing and it will, and the camera will go through them and then it will turn around and come back and they're still doing it all. And you think, God, they did that. So they literally had to live and breathe those characters for 90 minutes while they take part in this event, this like festival that's, Sort of, wow! I mean, it, it occurred in the middle of the series, but they they filmed it live in at the end. Um, oh, but it, yeah, interesting from a how you know how did they do that sort of point of view? Is it horror? Oh, well, nowadays a lot of oh, sh- a lot of films like Saint Maud and Midsummer are all this psychological horror, aren't they? Mm. And it is a bit like that, and it doesn't scare yes. me. It doesn't really scare me. It, it makes me feel unnervy in that it's a bit creepy and sometimes it's a bit disgusting i still like old-fashioned scare the pants out of me horror and you know people who are scared i wouldn't find people stop watching it because they're being scared they would probably stop watching it because it's weird can i I just throw in two on no tv as well please yeah of course you can one i really like one i didn't um the one i liked the comey rule obviously enough about um james comey and how essentially Comey sort of gifted that last election to Donald Trump by, you know, with 11 days to go, decided to launch another inquiry on emails on Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was Jeff Daniels was really good as James Comey. Brendan Gleeson is out of his tree as Donald Trump. That That is absolutely incredible. That's definitely worth a look at. The other one, is a show called Trickster. There's six episodes to this, and it's made by and starring Native Canadians as opposed to Native Americans, I suppose. The setup of it in the first two episodes about the plight of these people I thought was quite fascinating, but it goes more and more into magic. That's when it sort of lost me. I didn't think it it held up, and I thought the cast, the lead cast, were pretty uninspiring and insipid. Very disappointing, and it just didn't end. It sort of stopped 
uh, yeah, those two. So yeah, Netflix. I uh, caught three different things on Netflix. So it was the second series of Criminal. I mentioned this on a previous Carry On streaming. Again, the setup's brilliant. The interview room and everything's just filmed in the interview room. Again, the cast continues to be great, and one of the outstanding performances was by um, Sharon Horgan, the sort of comedian lady. But she played a straight role and was absolutely brilliant in it. I loved the first series and I enjoyed the second series as well. And I'd recommend anyone who hasn't seen either to watch both of them. I also watched the fourth series of The Crown. Your Majesty, I think we have enough respect for one another personally to ask ourselves some of the bigger questions, woman to woman. We are the same age after all. Really? Just six months between us. Oh? And who is the senior? I am. Mum. There's been a lot of controversy over this, and I actually think, and I don't know whether my wife and I were talking about this, I don't know whether it's because now we're getting to recent history and the 80s, therefore we remember a lot more, that actually we're not enjoying it, or we didn't enjoy it as much as the previous three series. I'm with you on that one, Jack. Yeah, I think we enjoyed the first two. I thought the cast in the first two were brilliant. And I think because um, we were either not born or we were too young to remember, it was educational in that we were learning stuff about the royal family that we didn't really, you know, we knew the headlines, but we didn't really know much about it. Whereas, of course, now with the fourth series, with the Charles and Diana and everything, we, we remember it and we remember what happened and we remember the news articles and everything. And it's interesting because it is a drama and therefore it doesn't have to be factually true. They do play with the truth quite a lot. One of the other things that's different about the fourth series, and maybe it's just me, I don't know, is I'm a royalist at heart. Hands up, I admit it. I think the royal family are lovely. And I know it's a, I'm in a minority nowadays, but I do. And um, I thought what the first three series did, you know, showed their real life problems and showed their family issues and stuff, but it explained the reasons behind it. So they explained why, you know, Margaret was drinking a lot and they sort of, I mean, it might not be true, but they, they gave it a reason and it made sense. And you could, you could sympathize with the characters because you could understand that, you know, they're brought up this way and they have to do these things and they have to, you know, they can't have, the Queen can't have, take opinions and stuff like that. And they explained it all really well. Maybe because in the first series, especially, the, the Queen was being taught how to behave and taught how to act. You were learning at the same time as she was. Therefore, it sort of made more sense. But I think in this series, they've not been very flattering at all to the royal family, not really justified anything. Some of their behaviour seems outrageous. And you just think, is it, are the writers different? Is it just the... Again, is it just because it's more recent history or I don't know, but I just didn't enjoy it as much. I found they didn't really justify some of the royal's behaviour. They've just, they're coming across as not very nice people. So what's Gillian Anderson like as Margaret Thatcher? Not not great. It's a difficult role to play because, you know, everyone knows, <laughs> everyone remembers Margaret Thatcher. She does okay. And some of the more interesting parts are when it's just her and the Queen. And um, that is quite interesting. I mean, obviously, it's all totally made up, but it is quite interesting to see it one, see how that dynamic. A lot was made of it at the time, wasn't it? That there was two women, and you know, she could could she get rid of the queen, or could the queen get rid of her? And again, I'm not sure. Some of the things with Margaret Thatcher and the fact that she was cooking for the cabinet did that really happen? I don't know. And then finally, on Netflix, again, one of my favourite series is The Queen's Gambit. I put this purely by chance because my wife wanted to watch something. And of course, a lot of stuff I watch, she doesn't like. 
So the fact it had a female lead character, she said, oh, let's, let's, this looks quite good. Let's watch this. Um, we both absolutely loved it. I mean, Anya Taylor-Joy in the lead role is superb. And the costume department is even better. Some of the costumes she wears in like the 60s and, and 70s and stuff is, is brilliant. And the sets in 60s America is a fantastic. And it makes chess so exciting. <laughs> you know, people have been <laughs> buying chess sets, sales of chess sets for Christmas have gone through the roof because of it. My wife started playing chess again. She hasn't played since just probably when I met her 30 years ago. She started playing chess. She downloaded an app on her phone and she plays chess every night now. She's got back into it again. And, and you know, I've spoken to someone who lives over the road from me who's a who's similar to the lead actress and she was a very good chess player and she was female. And she was in the 60s and her father was a chess guy. He even went to Russia. He even moved to Russia to play chess. He was that into it but she remembers going being a female in a very male orientated chess clubs and she said they got it actually spot on how it felt to be a woman in the joining these chess clubs she said it, it was exactly like that the way they treated you the way they took you as a second class citizen because you were you know a woman playing chess have you, have you even got the intellect to do that you know it's like and i thought it was brilliant and i also like the fact that even though Anya Taylor-Joy is quite stunning. She's not stunningly beautiful, as in she's not your obvious, do you know what I mean? She's not your stereotypical blonde. No, I think no. that helped with the role because yes. she was stunning and all the blokes found her very attractive, but she wasn't that Barbie doll sort of thing, which I think wouldn't have been believable. But So I thought it was fantastic. You know what I liked about it? And, I, and I'm with you, Deck. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. That they took their time. It was such great pacing. We had the bit at the beginning when she's a young girl and we had that with all the drugs and getting to know the black girl and being in, you know, and what happened to her mother and who was her father. And she got built as a really very well-defined character. And then she went into the, the chess world. And I just thought it was so well done. I also loved the way at the end, all the nerds worked together to try and beat the Russians. And I just thought you'd met all these characters the whole way through and suddenly they all come together and everything made sense and they're they're really fighting for their girl in Russia. And I just thought that was wonderful. And the last scene was perfect, absolutely perfect, where she gets out of the taxi. That's the way you want to end up chess. Uh, best thing I've seen it's probably since Perry Mason, I'd say. That was definitely the best of the last few months. Uh, one final one, for someone, another one for anyone who wants a free streaming service. So um, all four, we caught a Belgian drama called The Twelve. Uh, ah. And again, this was quite interesting because it's a, a jury-based thing, obviously with the mm. members. But you learn a lot about the Belgian court system, massively different to ours and America's. And quite interesting. I actually quite liked the way the jury was allowed to ask questions. There was more sort of questions allowed to be, you were allowed to question the witness. You didn't have to just be the the person who was standing at the front of the court could question which other people who questioned the, wit, the witness. I enjoyed it from learning about another criminal system in a different country as much as I did the actual murder trial, the actual trying to work out who did it. And because you got 12 people in the jury, it's, it's only one series. You don't get to know about all 12, but you get to focus on about five or six of them. And you get to see their stories when they leave, when they go home. You get to find out stories and how that impacts their day. So mm. certain things that go on, they'll be tired the next day. and it, in, So you know why they're tired, because they've 
had something, you know, haven't slept all night because some incident went on. So, um, so yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, you're, you're the second person to recommend that to me. So, yep, that's going on the list. That's that's it. I've had a busy season, as you can yeah. see. Wow. And some really good ones in there as well. Some ones really worth catching. Yeah, and for people who haven't seen them, that's definitely worth catching over the Christmas and New Year period. So for people looking forward to new things this Christmas deck, what would you be watching and what would you recommend? Well, Christmas is interesting this year. I think because of COVID, there's, whether they hadn't finished filming as much or whether post-production couldn't get done in time. So there's not a lot of new stuff, but there are some highlights, which hopefully I'll cover today. On the BBC, which there's been a lot of criticism over what's on the BBC, I think they've done quite a good job. It is heavily leaning towards animation because animation could be continued to be made, but there's a lot and a lot of good stuff that they're bringing out again. So, yeah, so if you look at Christmas Day, for example, the, and these are all very good animations, um, ones that were shown in previous Christmases, but you've got the two Gruffalo stories, you've got the snail and the whale, and you've got the early man Ardman animation, you've got Disney oh, Coco, you've got some really good animation, and then you've got one new one, which is the Zog, um, voiced by Lenny Henry. So, okay, there's not new stuff, but if you haven't seen these animations in previous Christmases or you haven't seen those two films, they're both very good. So they've chosen wisely in that they've probably been limited what they can choose and that there's probably not much to choose from. But I think in terms of entertaining people on Christmas Day, if they want to watch TV on Christmas Day, then there's some really good animation and really good stories for all the family. And you don't even have to have kids. I've I've watched a lot of these animations without the kids and I I think they're brilliant. So I think they've done quite a good job. And Channel 4 as well, because they're showing Quindin Blake's clown on Christmas Day. Yes, yes, that's right. I was going to mention that, but you beat me to oh, it. Oh, sorry. That's no. okay. It's fine. We get it in early. Um, so that's that's the main thing is the animation. If you want to watch um, some of the Christmas films that you've mentioned on your advent calendar and haven't caught them before, the BBC are showing the Alistair Sim Scrooge on the 19th Brilliant. of December. And they're also uh, another one that was mentioned by one of the, the man who invented Christmas is shown on the 20th. Yeah. Well, so that you can, even if you haven't got any of the paid streaming services, there's enough on the free stream services to entertain you. And my favourite Donald Trump film, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York's on Christmas Day. Oh, he's amazing in that, isn't he? That was, that was the highlight of his career, I think. Yep. The BBC have got, are rolling out some good stuff. They've remade Black Narcissus. May the Lord bless you, child and give you strength to serve him in your mission. I know I can make a success of the new convent. I don't think you're ready for it. Here we are. Palace of Mopu. Mopu is a wild place. The very famous Paulum um, Pressburger film, they've remade and they're showing it on the 27th, 28th and 29th. Now, I, oh. I do love this film. I think it's an amazing film, so I would mm. be interested to see. It's going to be very difficult to get close to the film, but there are a lot of people out there that won't have seen the film. You know, it's, it was made in 1947. It's an old film. I still think it holds up today, but a lot of people won't have watched it. So if they see this story for the first time, it's still a very good story. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. I've got to be honest, I've never seen the film. You've not seen the film, Jeff? Oh, my never, no, it's a film I haven't seen. When it it's about nuns. Yeah. And our res- resident religious person, Graham, has raved about it, but I've never yeah. seen it yet. <laughs> I can't believe you've gone through life and not seen no, that. I will, I will catch up with it. It's, it's great cast. Gemma Atherton's in the, in the main role, but you've got Jim Broadbent and the, um, 
the last role by Diana Rigg. Oh, wow. So I think they've done a fairly good job of, of that. A Christmas special of Ghosts on the 23rd, which I will definitely be watching because, as I've previously mentioned, I find it hilarious. And then going into New Year, the BBC have got the annual Doctor Who special on New Year's Day, um, and they've brought the Daleks back, so great. For- Uh, (laughs) something to look forward to on new year's day and also the serpent starts on the first of january i didn't know i don't know this story so i'm really interested so it's a serial killer in the 70s called charles is it sobraj i don't know how you pronounce it basically he was killing tourists in india thailand and nepal and they took it ages to catch him and find him and it looks really good again it's a it's a serial killer sort of thing and i like that sort of thing so Hopefully it's well made if it's made by the BBC. So that's another highlight for the new year. Mm. 9 p.m. on the 1st of Jan. Does look good. The ITV have, again, they're showing some of the Christmas films. They're showing Arthur Christmas on the 22nd, which I highly rate, as previously mentioned. And they're showing The Holiday, one of the ones that you're, was chosen by one of yes. your reviewers on Boxing Day. Yep. Um, so there's also there's Christmas films everywhere. So I'm sure people Wait, where, where do you stand on the Love Actually debate deck? Oh. I'm in the middle, I think. I was listening to all your your various reviewers. I don't hate it like the way Phil does and other people. I find it entertaining enough. I laugh at it enough. I cry at the right moments. It's okay. It's not one of those things I have to watch every year or or, or ever again, really. But if, <laughs> if I had to sit through it, I would be entertained. I wouldn't be disgusted or I would still be entertained. You know, Richard Curtis makes a certain type of film. You know what you're getting, don't you? If you don't like that sort of film, don't watch it. It's the same as Notting Hill and, and other ones. I, I can take them or leave them, really. I'm pleased I've seen them, but I wouldn't go out of my way to watch them again. But, yeah. I can't find a release date for this, but I think it's meant to be in early next year. But there's already been, they've shown trailers already during I'm a Celebrity and other peak viewing times, is the three-part story about the Pembrokeshire murders set in the 80s to so the famous serial killer, John Looper, they couldn't find for ages and ended up appearing on the Bullseye, wasn't it? An episode of Bullseye or something on the telly. And eventually <laughs> they caught him. I don't um, know this. I don't I know this. I about it, Jeff, because it was Wales. I thought you'd know all about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It passed, well, we we revere our serial killers. Interesting. Uh, what, the Pembroke murders, is it? Pembrokeshire murders. So Keith Allen's Ooh, playing the, the serial killer and Luke Evans is the main lead as the sort of investigating officer. It's got quite a good cast, but they're they're really pushing it, but they haven't given a release date yet. So it's rumoured to be early next year. On other streaming services, so on Disney Plus, you've got the big Pixar release of Soul on Christmas Day. Yes. uh, Which is, if you've got it already, people will definitely watch it, I'm sure. If you haven't got it, you might be tempted to sign up just for this. It's not enough for me to sign up to Disney Plus, but then I haven't got young children or any other, and I don't really want to watch lots of Marvel films. So... I'm still staying away from Disney Plus at the moment, but it would be a good reason if you have got a family. There is a lot of good family stuff on there. And the um, land's now free as well on there as well. Not free, but part of the service now. Oh, that's good because they were charging, weren't they, quite a lot for that. But yes. That's good. That's a shame. I would have loved to have seen Moolah at cinema. I still would if it, if someone showed it. I might still go and see it at the cinema if someone decided to put it on. And on Now TV, you've got... So the series I mentioned before, Euphoria, you've got a two-part special which I'm in qu- quite interested in because I don't know how they're going to fit that in to the series without giving any spoilers away. They're showing some great films. They're showing Little Women 
Uh, what the the Saoirse Ronan version? Yeah, yeah. Really, it's coming out Holy in the eleventh. Oh. So, and then one of Jeff's favorite films, Cats, is on the Boxing Day. Right. Loved it. Very yeah. underrated film. Just come out the new sci-fi by Ridley Scott, Raised by Wolves. Yeah, I'm recording that at the moment to watch. I'm definitely going to watch that. And then another one that looks quite interesting that I might watch is The Wilds. So it's a it's a lost type teenager stuck on a desert island. I might catch it if I've got time because it looks quite interesting. It's not. I don't think it's as um, weird as Lost was. I think it's more realistic, if you can call it that. That's been getting quite good reviews, so I might watch that. Netflix has got some great stuff coming out and a whole mixture for various different viewing habits. Uh, if you like costume dramas, you've got Bridgerton. Um, mm-hmm. So it's eight episodes, comes out Christmas Day. It's wealth, lust and betrayal, basically is how they described it, um, set in the Regency period. So they're pushing this one quite a lot as well, and it does look quite good fun. So I'll probably catch that. Documentary series The Ripper, about the Yorkshire Ripper set in the 70s. So that looks quite good. On the, comes out on the 16th. And in terms of films, Netflix has got the new George Clooney film, The Midnight Sky, starring mm. Felicity Jones, yep. about a person stuck in the Arctic who's trying to contact the astronauts to tell them to not bother returning home because something's happened. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. That looks quite could be, good. Could be Britain after January the 1st. <laughs> it <could be> very <laughs> true. Um, and then if you liked, this is, again, this is only certain tastes, but if you like the sort of heavier films that are in the style of a play, then Ma Rainer's Black Bottom with the last performance by Chadwick Bosman and starring Viola Davis as well. It's, it's, it'll be quite heavy, but if you like Fences, if you like the first one in the series, then you should catch this one as well because it's got an amazing cast. But again, it's only a certain acquired taste will want to see that. But if you, if you like that sort of thing, definitely catch that film. And finally, one for Phil um is they've got a new transformer animation film coming out all for cybertron <laughs> earthrise comes out on the 30th of december and it looks very good so you can catch well done deb you're 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 really getting every nuance and every I'm sort of to catch yeah. genre Everyone. in there exactly yeah, that's brilliant that's it's my Boris Gump. life is like a box of chocolates you see yeah. 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 phil and darren that's like you've just given them a christmas present there exactly yeah, it is. it's my present to everyone hopefully you can find something for everyone in there from family friendly comedy to dark scandy drama to documentaries about serial killers to transformers and other sci-fi so yeah hopefully there's something for everyone can i just throw in just go a little bit left field and throw in two radio things for over christmas day please do i mean there's some great stuff on the radio at the moment i <laughs> haven't included it all because this this episode will go on too long but no, 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 we got, there's there's plenty out there well firstly and i know graham will be up for this as well we have a special couple of dead ringers episodes over christmas yeah a show yeah. so good now they don't write a script they just take what was said in parliament yesterday and recite it back <laughs> um and the other one and the most bizarre thing over christmas I, I found it and i've got to mention it it's on radio 4 29th of december the green lady in the toilets it's a show about how ghost stories come from toilets in schools. Now, in my school, there was nothing in that toilet, living or dead. So uh, <laughs> the, the fact they can get a show out of this just sounds fascinating. 
put that on my list definitely That's there is a lot because especially bbc sounds i find you can find some amazing stuff it's worth checking out yes. if, especially if you've got a long journey yeah um which we probably none of us have probably this christmas but if, if you do <laughs> if you do happen to have a long journey it's worth looking at bbc sounds and downloading something before you set off in the car can i just throw in one more which i'm my wife and i are really enjoying the second series of goliath starring billy bob thornton as the uh, drunk criminal attorney billy mcbride it's on prime and we watched the first series which was excellent uh, and the second one is has got the same high quality it's a bit more gruesome this one the last one was sort of a, a civil case where he was taking a large company to court but this one is he's actually goes back to being a criminal defense lawyer he's so is it set modern day is it or yeah it's modern day wow that is a fantastic list. And uh, yet again, my to-watch list has grown by miles. So uh, I don't need to swim the channel, just walk over that list to get to France now, really. <laughs> um, Deck, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Deck. And um, I look forward to uh, all the shows we're going to be recording next year, streaming and on other topics. So all that remains for me to say is have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you, Deck. Merry Christmas to you all and Merry Christmas to all our listeners. So, um, yes, I hope you enjoy hours of quality streaming. Thank you.